Welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast, where we discuss the technical and people side of safety. Safety should be your primary leadership tool for discovering more about your people and culture. Your host is Dr. Mark French, also known as the Safety Dude. Mark is a credentialed, experienced, and passionate professional with experience in automotive, food, chemical, nuclear, e-commerce, and energy sectors. He is going to share information and anecdotes from years of experience in the people side of safety based on industrial and organizational psychological theories. Safety is so much more than a technical skill. It is a motivational need that defines the culture of your organization. Employee safety is a meaningful business practice that makes a direct impact on everyone through direct behavioral engagement. That is why your organization should be using safety as a key method to learn about your culture and lead your teams. Thanks for joining this episode as we talk through current issues in people management and how they impact our everyday workplace. And welcome to this episode of the Leading and Learning Through Safety Podcast. Hey, I am your host, Dr. Mark French, and I am so excited that you have uh, made the choice to be uh, subscribing my, to my podcast. So many great podcasts. I know you can subscribe to them all. It's not one or the other, but uh, I'm honored to be part of your playlist. So let's jump on in. Something I have been really thinking about, and it probably you figured this out as part of if you've been listening uh, for a while, but if this is your first time jumping in on the podcast, you'll realize it's a little bit of stream of consciousness from my standpoint. It's really about what am I reading? What am I living? What am I doing in the world of safety and leadership and human resources? What does that look like? And then I use it and kind of talk about it because that's what I enjoy doing. Anyway, I've been going through a lot of series of of having to really evaluate management systems. Uh, in particular, actually, this time I'm diving back into quality management. Uh, did that early, early on in my career. Uh, had some quality management experience. And then also just other, uh, as I was implementing some ISOs, 14,001. I've done RC 14,001 and even dabbled in uh, QS as I was implementing an ISO program for environmental. They were kind of tag teaming the quality part. So I had some experience. I am nowhere near an expert. I will admit that. I always need help with it. But I always love the basic idea of what is a quality management system or any type of real management system. I think it's important that regardless if you get a certificate, regardless if uh, you really want to deep dive it and have that formal system, it's important that you have something in place that guides you through what you're doing every day and, and guiding your process through iterations of continuous improvement. And so instead of me talking at high level, I really want to give an example because a lot of the time this is very ethereal from, from the idea of what is a management system when the truth is it's really something that has some very concrete pieces that we can work through, concrete items that are so very, very important. And the very first thing, the one thing that we have to have and is vital and this is where we get some of this top-down idea of top-down leadership, is there has to be leadership commitment to this process. If you do not have leadership commitment to your process, that process is, is going to fail from the beginning because it does not have the support that it needs. So step one is you, you get your leadership team on board with the idea of that we should have a process 
in place. We should have a process in place of evaluating what comes into our system and what we do with it and how it exits the system. So I'm going to start with safety, for instance, and that's what are our inputs? We need to worry about all those pieces. We don't need to worry as much about injuries because that's very lagging. We should look at the beginning. What are our policies? Do we have something that says how we should behave? What does good look like? What does good engineering look like? And a lot of these policies, of course, are driven by law. There are certain legal requirements that says you will have a policy that explains your prevention of, of fire. You have your lockout tagout. You have to have a policy. Confined space, you need a policy. But these should not be just pieces of paper that read like an attorney or read like a CFR. They should be functional pieces of paper that someone could pick up and use and reference and make something happen. The next part is... When there, how do you detect your abnormalities? How do you know that something is out of spec with what you expect from your policy? Now, the most leading idea is that you would have metrics that would tell you. So in the safety world, we rely on observations. We rely on audits. Same thing in quality. We say we will make a quality product. Well, instead of waiting to when we find a defect or in the safety world, an injury, we should be auditing. We should be going out in some frequency that is statistically valid and going out and evaluating what we're doing. And in safety, because safety to me in I've always, I continually say this, but it is the most complex process that we have because it's the most people-oriented process we have. As quickly as someone can change, so can your safety practices. If someone has a different idea, if someone has had a rough day, if someone has had a good day, all of these things people bring into it. From a quality standpoint, in most cases, it's going to be an equipment. It's going to be a product. It's going to be an item rather than a person having to make those decisions. So in a quality management system, there's usually a statistically valid method of saying uh, we can evaluate X amount of parts on an audit and potentially find any type of defect. And if there's no defect found in that batch, we can then move forward. And we can go with it. The next part is the monitoring of the process outside. So what is your customer feedback? In the quality world, that's usually very, very apparent. If there is a quality defect, your customer will tell you, hey, you sold me a product, you gave me a service, you did something that is not working the way you said it would work, what are you going to do about it? In the safety world, these defects can be more subtle at times of, of not knowing because we may not be listening. And I hate to say that. There's a lot of organizations that have real trouble with that safety feedback loop, that when people are talking, how do we hear them? And it's also very easy for it to get lost. If you've been a safety manager that has come into an, a, a site that has been established for some time, you may have heard this, the story of, well, I told someone. And how long ago was that that you told someone? Oh, it was been years ago. How do you keep bubbling it back up? Whereas a customer with a quality defect, 
it's amazing how frequently they will continue to come back and go, hey, it's broken. Hey, it's broken. Hey, it's broken over and over again. Where that same dynamic in the safety or people feedback world is very binary, very one and done type thing. Like I told you about it. You should have fixed it. You didn't. I'm moving on. That's a very interesting phenomena from the difference between a, a safety and a quality management system is in the safety system, we have to keep reaching out and, and trying to grab for that customer feedback. We're in a quality feedback loop. A lot of times you're just going to keep hearing it regardless. It's going to keep coming at you time and time and time again. Let's take a quick break right here. Come back and let's finish a little bit more of a discussion of these differences in the importance of having these styles of management systems in place. This is the Leading and Learning Through Safety Podcast. TSDA Consulting. Learn you, lead others. Traditional development focuses too much on weaknesses. They make you believe that the only way to find success is through improving your faults. Strengths-based coaching instead focuses on creating success through using your natural talents. Dr. Mark French at TSDA Consulting is an authorized Clifton Strengths Coach. Your customized report and a personalized approach help bring out the best in you and your team. For more information, visit us on the web at tsdaconsulting.com. And welcome back to the second half of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. This week, I'm really involved in management systems, especially quality management and safety management and environmental management systems. And so I wanted to talk through that a little bit more and what I'm seeing in it and the difficulty sometimes in having not just a good paper system, but a system that functions. And right before the break, we were talking about that feedback loop, that customer feedback in a quality system is usually very apparent repetitive and it keeps coming at you in a safety system we have to keep asking for it we have to be the ones that initiate that contact have methods of showing it and keeping people to assure that it is in front of us i think one of my favorites is the whiteboard where someone can go up there and write on it and it stays on that board until someone else answers it and it's able to be received by the person that saw it rather than just word of mouth or whether this this drop box and I have had the unfortunate <laughs> I remember coming into a site one time that had needed work I was part of a turnaround team and someone said hey we do I said we need a safety suggestion box they said oh we got one of those it's, it's over here in this area and of course you go over and you, you start knocking the dust off of it you start asking people who's got the key no one's got the key yes maintenance they're able of course it's a little flimsy lock they're able to crack it for you and you go into it and, and there might be this thing and I remember finding one that was I mean years years old and it said uh, this is an issue that's been going on for a while I don't think anybody's listening Oh, yeah. Yeah, no one was listening. We were able to take care of it after that, but we also made it very public. There should be a way of that public accountability of feeling that and seeing that. Also part of the systems is how are you evaluating? How are you continuously improving and setting goals for improvement and realistic goals? Anyone can just kind of throw out the goal and go, well, this is what we're going to do today. What it's really about is setting realistic goals that we can achieve. 
that we can work on and that we can do. Really, we think about these management systems as the plan, do, check, and act plan. We have that written process that says, here's how we will do it. We do it. We, we compare it to, here is the standard. We go out in the field, we look at it, and we go, do they match? And if they match, are they working well? And we go, great. What if they're not? What if there's opportunities that, you know, this looks like it has gaps in it? Well, that's the next part where we fix it. We, we put a plan together and we see how we can make it better. And then we act. We implement those changes. We do some training. We update the policies. We improve our engineering. In some cases, maybe we look for newer technology. It's been a while since we've evaluated technology that could make this better for us. That's how we can do it. So I love the idea. I'm a very systems-oriented person. I think that way. So it makes sense to me. If I can follow the logic, I can learn it. And if the logic doesn't make sense, I have real trouble learning. And that's something I discovered uh, in school is that if I could somehow make logical sense of it, I can learn it. And so I do love having a good system in place because it makes me uh, a lot more comfortable. You are listening to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast with Dr. Mark French. Let's change directions a little bit. I came across a really uh, interesting story from a safety and HR standpoint that I wanted to share. And this one came from people.com. And it was an Illinois worker finds three severed heads at his desk after job complaints. So a worker at a Chicago company that distributes human body parts for medical research says someone left three severed heads next to his desk because he complained about the condition of the donor bodies. I read this. And I thought, wow, can you imagine? So this is this is a, a workplace that this is a medical need for this type of learning. To think about being the safety person or to think about being an HR person and you get that phone call first thing in the morning and your employee says, hey, I'm something is wrong here. People are leaving body parts at my desk. Honestly, that I think that's one of those things that I would have to, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> I, they, the, the process was very, I was reading through the entire article and basically he was saying, you know what, this is what I was exactly complaining. The, the employee was like, this is what I'm compl- complaining about is that we're using the bodies for like, they're getting eventually where they need to go, but in the process thereof, What's happening? And you think about the, the the working conditions of a location that you're constantly working in human body parts and how, at what point do you become so accustomed to it that it becomes just an opportunity for a prank? I don't know about that. And I I remember that a lot of it can be in context and a lot of it can be... Uh, very, very, for something that may seem funny at the moment, because you have become accustomed to it when someone else sees it or when the outside world looks into your window and sees the life you're living, it becomes very different. So I remember at a union location that 
you know, negotiations were kind of hectic and they found a large rubber rat setting on someone's desk. And of course it was like, Oh my goodness, here we are. We're the retaliation, the, the negotiations, all this stuff was, we were super investigation mode because of the sensitivity around that. And come to find out it was really a contract worker that found out one of the, the desk workers that did the parts ordering was scared of mice and thought it'd be funny. Put a rubber mouse up there had nothing to do with the sensitivity around it and that perspective. And so I, I go and I, I don't condone this in any way, but I think about the, the workplace itself and how accustomed had they come to being around body parts that someone said, Hey, you know, what would be a way of showing this person how we feel about their commentary Let's not just get one head. Let's get three. And what has been going on there to lead to that? The management, the process, the discussions, the training that would hopefully have curbed any thought of doing something like that. Anyway, very bizarre story, but made me think a lot about the workplaces and the cultures and how different they can be and how accustomed and what leads to that blatant going, Oh, just use that to do something. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the leading and learning through safety podcast. So happy you joined me again, coming up in August, I am going to be in Nashville, Tennessee at the Tennessee safety conference, talking about safety, talking about engagement. If you're in that area, really hope you can stop by and until next time we chat, stay safe. listening to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Join the online conversation at www.markafrench.com. All opinions expressed on the podcast are solely attributed to the individual and not affiliated with any business entity. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitute for proper policy, appropriate training, or legal advice. This has been the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast.